What's happening, my Jack family? Coach Scott here. Welcome to another episode of the Jack Hats 40 podcast. Today, I'm joined by my friend Lawrence from Fit and 50. We're going to talk about his recent cutting phase where he got absolutely freaking shredded at 56 years young. So we're going to talk about why this cutting phase was easier than ever before, uh, what his goals were throughout this. Was he chasing a number, uh, a look, a body fat percentage? Uh, we're going to talk about how he measured his progress throughout this and any kind of negative side effects that he may have experienced towards the end when you're getting really freaking lean after 40, after 50. Uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. Some golden nuggets in here. If you do enjoy it, please do us a favor and smash that thumbs up button. If you know a fellow bro who would benefit from listening to today's podcast, please do them a favor and share it with them. More than anything, we'd love to hear from you down in the comment section below. Share your thoughts, share your insights, share your feedback, and your personal experience. Let's get to this podcast right now. All right, Lawrence. So you finished off 2021 in a cutting phase. What was your goal through that? Did you have a, a set duration that you were sticking with? Did you have a certain fat loss goal, a certain, like a weight hit a scale number or a body fat percentage number, or was it uh, a certain body fat, um, sorry, physical appearance that you were aiming for throughout that, uh, that journey that you were on there to get, I mean, you, you ended up pretty freaking shredded at the end. Yeah. Uh, I guess it was really kind of a weight number. I had a pretty good idea where I was going to get body fat percentage. And I, you know, I was pretty much there. I really kind of hit that 10% mark. And I figured I might be 10, maybe into the 9%, but I definitely think I was leaning more into the uh, 10% there. Um, and so, but I was really more after the weight of trying to get down to a point where I could do a slow mass gain and hit a certain number in a year. So that's really what I was after. And I didn't want to get too, um, that kind of ties into something a little different here, but get, uh, I didn't want to get too uh, fluffy to be shirtless on the internet, right? So <laughs> that was really kind of the motivation to start. I wanted to do this mask gain. I wanted to be in the calorie surplus for a while, but I wanted to keep my body composition reasonable. Exactly. You and I, we're, we're very much on the same page in, in a lot of how we approach everything, but the whole get lean, stay lean, in part, I mean, we got that motivation in front of the camera, shirt off a lot of the time. And um, so there's that motivation. But I think there's also that it feels good to, to be yeah. pretty lean at the same time as well. Uh, and, and I do think it's, it's great to kind of keep our weight in check so that get lean, stay lean as we're, we're building up. We'll, we'll record another podcast in, in the very near future on, on your approach to muscle building. But I think how we're approaching fat loss really is like at this stage in the game, it's more just keeping things in check so we don't get too fluffy. And, and it, it allows us that opportunity to spend more time in a muscle building phase afterwards. Yeah. I really uh, wanted to spend that time to kind of build up. And I also like the factor that things are reasonably easy to cut and gain. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day and I said, basically I can move my weight at will. You know, if I decide I want to gain five pounds, I can gain five pounds. If I want to lose five pounds, I can lose five pounds. And, you know, once you've got that dialed in, you hate to get too far out of what works, right? Like if I was to gain 20 pounds, well, that's a lot of work to lose 20 pounds to get back down, right? And, you know, you've got 30, 40 pounds. I understand how much work that is to lose. And that's why for a lot of people, I usually recommend that they lose it in stages, and maybe even take a little bit of a uh, diet break where they kind of maintain that new level of lean for them, right? Maintain a new level of lean for a bit before you start cutting again. Because one, it gives them a break from constant dieting. Two, it gets their body used to being 
that new level of lean, just like you and I are used to being fairly lean all year round. So it doesn't have a negative effect on the amount of food we eat. It doesn't have um, a negative effect on a lot of areas of our lives because our body's already used to it. So it's not rebelling against us saying, what are you trying to do? Starve us. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's the smart approach, especially if you have a fair amount of weight, like that first initial weight loss phase. And I, I do find a lot of people, I mean, we should learn our, our lessons from that. It's a lot of freaking work to lose 20, 30, 40 pounds or more. Like, and it just, it kind of surprises me how many of our fellow men over 40, men over 50, like they, they lose that weight and they're like, all right, let's build some muscle. And they pack on the weight again. And they have to go through these long freaking cutting phases. Yeah. It's just, it's so, it's so daunting. So how, how, um, how much did you have to lose in this cutting phase here? Uh, I ended up not losing that much. I lost eight pounds, really eight and a half pounds, I guess. And then I lost another half pound in maintenance. So that was like nine pounds. And I did that basically over like eight months. And I stayed in maintenance from October till well, I said Christmas was the end of my end of my maintenance phase because uh, I figured Christmas I'd open up eating a bit, right? It's Christmas, so you might as well. I didn't really gain anything over Christmas, but now I'm I'm starting to slowly and steadily gain gain weight again now but that was the, that was the process that was kind of the goal and so it wasn't a lot of weight to lose but uh it's kind of that end phase where most people find it the hardest right you know everyone says that last 10 pounds is so hard well i started with the last 10 pounds um but the advantage was my body was already used to being lean so it wasn't that extreme right a lot of guys when they get down and they've been cutting, cutting, cutting to get down there. Well, they're running out of calories to cut, you know, whereas I started basically at um, maintenance level and um, I didn't have to cut that much. So like I, I had mentioned once before in another video of mine that I started at around 2,500 calories and I finished at 2,150. So I didn't even really have to cut very many calories to lose that weight. It was really more of a matter of... Um, just being happy with losing some weight. Cause that worked out to about a pound a month and okay. that's really it. Okay. Um, so we're very, very close in um, calorie intakes. We're very close in stature. What, what are your stats, age, height, weight? Uh, I'm, I'm 56. I'm about 152 and a half now. So I don't think this morning when I weighed myself, I think I was 153.1. And of course that's with no food. Whenever I give my weight, it's always with no food, no clothes, first thing in the morning after I went to the bathroom, right? I mean, as soon as you, you have a cup of coffee and you get dressed, you're three pounds or four pounds heavier, right? So, right. you know, what that with what I weigh when I go to a doctor's appointment is going to be more than what I would say to you that I weigh because that's the weight I log and count myself at, right? So, right. so that's where I'm at now. I'm 5'8", and they say 56. Usually I start with 56. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. So, so uh, yeah, so that's it. Yeah, we're not, we're not far off. So I'm I'm about five seven, so just a little shorter than you, uh, forty six, and uh, one hundred forty six pounds. So a little lighter than you. Uh, and yeah, I found like my last cutting phase was I was about two thousand to twenty one hundred calories, and that suited me well. It didn't feel strenuous on me. It didn't feel like it was a, a drastic change to my overall lifestyle. And yeah, the weight came off. Uh, yeah came off pretty steady. Now you and I, we talk a lot about how it is and just kind of mention it there. It's, we can kind of move our weight at, at will. And like, whenever we enter a fat loss phase, like it feels somewhat 
easier for us now? Like, would you say it's just from experience, experience from past cutting phase? We just kind of know what to expect and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's way easier that way. And of course, being leaner year round, the body doesn't rebel. And that's what I kind of call it is the body rebels against you, which is why people find they have to cut so much. That coupled with the factor that I'm never in a hurry. If I was like a competitive bodybuilder, I have to hit a weight by a day, right? Whereas I don't have to do that. So if an right. event comes, um, an event comes up and I know I'm probably going to eat more on that day, I'll adjust my calories before and after. And, you know, if I'm a little bit off and it slows up the process a bit, it doesn't matter because it, I don't need to be a certain weight by a certain day. I just need that downward trend in weight, which is all I look for. As long as my weight is trending down, I don't care if it's fast or slow. It's nice and comfortable and I will reach my goal. And that's what matters, right? Now, do you absolutely 100%? Uh, do you find because we stay lean all year round and you start a cutting phase, do you ever find that you're, if you're faced with a temptation, you're like, hey, you know what? I, I am pretty lean here already. I can, I can have this right now. It's okay. Do you find it kind of tougher to commit to the fat loss phase? Or are you pretty much like, once you set your mind to it, you're like, I'm good to go. I just, I, I'm committed to this goal. Yeah, no, no, I don't find it. I don't, I don't find it tough to do. Um, and I think we've talked on the last time that we talked in a podcast, I mentioned that, you know, I don't really get cravings anymore. So even though I'm cutting, it still helps in the same way. My wife bakes cookies. I can still have a cookie and I know how to make a cookie fit within my cut. So, you know, if I want a cookie, I want a little bit of ice cream. Uh, I had apple pie during that cut with whipped cream, you know, I mean, and those are foods I had while I was cutting because I just manipulate my calories a little bit in and around it. And I just keep on going. Right. So there's no, there's no sacrifice. I mean, there is a bit of a, a lockdown because you say, okay, I need to stay in order to keep losing weight. I need to stay within this calorie range. So there's a bit of a lockdown, but as far as there's a lot more room than people think. Right. And so you just manipulate your calories a little bit up or down based on what's going on in your life to allow for those things to come up or, you know, a cookie's 80 calories. You divide that by 70 and you're what, 11 or 12 calories, right? 70 by seven, not 70 by seven. <laughs> That's a long time to spread a cookie over 70 days. <laughs> you know, but basically what my point is over seven days, I feel like I'd blow that, but my point is over seven days, a cookie is nothing. One cookie is nothing. A dozen cookies is a whole different story, right? That can make a big difference, especially when you're doing a little cut like I'm doing, because, you know, a dozen cookies, now all of a sudden, you know, you're talking a thousand calories or, you know, 700 calories. And that makes a big difference then, especially because when I start my cut, I cut a hundred calories a day. That's how I start. So I just blew my entire week. Whereas I have one cookie. I don't, it's not even a dent in my cut. I'm good. But, uh, you know, you got a dozen cookies and now I'm suddenly going to have to cut 200 calories for the rest of my day, week, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Now, I'm curious what your thoughts in regards to like body image and everything. Like we're in an industry where there's a lot of big freaking dudes out there. Uh, and here we are weighing in close to 150 pounds. Like, do you, does that scale weight affect your mindset at all? Especially when you're cutting, do you think to yourself, oh man, like, I'm almost, I'm only 150 pounds or are you like, fuck, I look good. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, mindset that way isn't how, how I, how I work at all. Right. I don't, I, uh, I have a, a weight goal for this, you know, kind of year coming up. So I guess, I guess it's going to be playing into this next year a little bit, but for the most part, what I'm after more than anything is the aesthetic. Right. So when I look in the mirror, you know, and I, I, you know, over this last year, even with the cut, I've really improved my quads. Um, you know, they've, they've, they've had a lot of improvement this year and that's more what I look at than scale weight. Cause you know, scale weight and, and aesthetic aren't the same thing. Right. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's just like scale weight and athleticism isn't the same thing. And, um, I run and you know, that, you know, having more scale weights, not going to help me run. Like, right. you know, like the like people, like, so I, I know a lot of people get hung up on it and I get it in the comments from time to time. Right. Cause they're hung up yep. on the weight. Uh, yeah. but you've got to understand that weight is not performance. Big is not performance. Big is not aesthetic. You know, uh, you look at the bodybuilders of today to the bodybuilders of yesteryear and you tell me what's aesthetic, right? So, right. I mean, Steve Reeves, I've just been doing some research on him now and he was six, one and 215 pounds. Well, he couldn't even get on a classic physique stage, you know, mm -hmm. in this day and age at that size, he'd be too small. You know, I don't, I'm not even so sure he could. Go, I'm not even sure what the board shorts. Um, what are they called? The board shorts. Thing. <laughs> what is it? It's called. I can't remember what they call that. But anyway, even those guys, I think, are bigger than Steve Reeves would be. Right. Right. Um, right. Now, granted, Steve Reeves was natural and they're all enhanced. But I'm just saying that that's the skewed perspective we get, especially because and even on the Internet, when we're looking at people, you know, where are we looking at natural or are we looking at enhanced? Right. Exactly. And, you know, it doesn't even matter what they claim sometimes, you know, it gets hard for people to understand the difference, right? Exactly. Exactly. It, which sets their expectations so unrealistically high of what's achievable, especially after, after 40, after 50. And they see some of these guys who are even just on hormone replacement therapy and they're packing on muscle and stuff like it's. Yeah, I wish there was a lot more transparency out there. No doubt about that. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been great to see. I think no one would guess that you're just over you're 153 pounds in your videos. No one really guesses that I'm 146 pounds yeah. in my videos. So like, what what does the scale weight matter? But when someone asks your weight, and I'm like, I'm 146 pounds. I'm like, oh, dude, I weighed more than that in high school. I'm like, all right, great for you. <laughs> I was yeah. a lot smaller, and I I graduated high school 123 pounds. So who cares? Yeah. Like, but but I do. It's funny seeing like some of the bigger guys over 40 now. They're like trying to get lighter and lighter because they're like realize the toll that their mass has taken on their joints and everything. So like, I just want to feel lighter so I can move better. Yeah, uh, much like you're you're saying in regards to the uh, the running there. But yeah, your delts look freaking awesome. Uh, yeah, you're just, and it's funny, like the leaner you get, I think that's one of the benefits of getting lean, staying lean, is that the aesthetic factor makes you look more muscular than yeah, you are. And, and, and actually, when you mentioned the delts, the nice thing about the delts is my shoulders finally better. So I can finally oh. train my shoulders like I like, right? And it's it's almost like they uh, they were like, finally, right? Because they responded so well to training, um, you know, it was like, I couldn't really do what I wanted to, even my benching. I had for a while there had gotten bad and all I was doing was push-ups. you know, I was letting my shoulder heal. Cause you got to do what doesn't hurt. Right. So right. that didn't hurt. And, and I'm not of the nature to sit and wait. Right. So while I'm waiting for it to get a little bit better, I was just doing push-ups, Right. So, you know, you're, you're doing what you can to maintain what you got. 
But as soon as it was healed and I was good to go, they popped and I was great. You know, I mean, I was really excited, right? Because I mean, oh, yeah. you yeah, it was like newbie games almost, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're actually game. being able, they're able to be stimulated because you can work them. And yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And actually, I think of you every time uh, I've been practicing some some hangs uh, from the bar oh, there, yeah. just for, for good shoulder health and everything. So I was thinking of you in regards to, to that. Because it's, I think shoulder injuries is definitely something that a lot of us deal with uh, at this stage in the game for sure. It's, Shoulder health is everything, and, and like you said, when you, yeah. you know what you don't know what you got till till you've lost it, uh, so and then get it back, and you're like, this is freaking awesome to get it back. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Now, how, how do you um, how do you measure progress when you're fat loss? Are you just looking at scale weight? Or are you measuring your body fat percentage? If so, like what tools are you using to measure your body fat percentage? Uh, are you just going by the mirror? Yeah, for me, it was mainly scale weight and body fat percentage. And uh, I use my little little handheld bioimpedance meter, and it works good for me. I mean, how accurate it is truly, I realize that's up for debate, but it definitely goes down as I lose body fat, and you can verify that with the mirror, right? And it goes up yeah. as I gain, as I as I gain fat. So it is it is an independent gauge of the mirror and the tape. I didn't really use the tape this cut. Um, I did take quad bicep measurements. Um, but I didn't really do like a waist measurement would be in a big one to take, or I didn't really do those on the cut down. Once I finished my cut and I went to maintenance, I took all those measurements for the reverse direction, but, uh, yeah, I didn't really do it on the, on the cut this time. Very cool. Now, when you approach 10% body fat, or maybe even getting slightly under that, did you notice any kind of negative side effects, any energy, any, other regards yeah, that we hear I would have said, uh, the only thing I had to change is I had to increase carbs in my diet. I didn't really feel an energy change, but I got that lightheadedness from, you know, when I would be working, like I'm working a house renovation right now. So I'd be drywalling, I'd be doing something down lower. I'd be working on some baseboards or something. I'd stand up and I get that. Whoa feeling, right? Like you're going to pass out. And um, I think that that's something that uh, as a leaner guy, you really got to make sure you're getting enough carbs in. Uh, there's there's no extra to be taken from for extra energy, right? So uh, you need to be making sure you're bringing enough of that, those carbs in to kind of help offset that. And that increase in carbs looked after that problem. So um, I couldn't find any really good science to back up what I did. I looked. I looked for studies, something to say. I, I did find a study that showed that you uh, you you – Reducing carbs will lower blood pressure, mm-hmm. but I couldn't find a study that said increasing carbs would increase blood pressure. And I think that was a low blood pressure issue. So, right, right, interesting. Now, from from this experience in future cutting phases, would you do anything different? Did you learn anything from this? Did you do anything different this time from past experiences, or pretty much just a repeatable process? Like like you said, you can move your scale at will if you want to right now. Pretty much no running, no, no cardio, this cut. Um, I always run, but with this house rental, something had to give. So, so it's still activity and energy spent. It's back to anything. I spent more time on the house than I spent running, but uh, that was a trade-off. So I'm looking forward to getting it done and bringing it back into my program. But uh, right now that would be the biggest, I would say thing that I've done different this time from any other time. 
Very cool. It's just life. That's the, that's the lifestyle driven is what it's all about. So many people would just be focused. Well, I got to get that cardio and I got to get that. You got work with your life right now. Like I said, your next cutting phase, you can work in the cardio again, but you're being active doing other things anyway. So just roll with that. Listen to your body. If you had been trying to work that cardio in plus the house renovation, plus your weight training, all that probably beat yourself into the ground and, and who knows what kind of effect that would have had on, on your progress there. Yeah. You can definitely push yourself too hard and too far. And I think a lot of people, when they first start a program, that's a bad habit, right? They're, they're, they're in 110% and they don't realize that you got, you, you got to start at maybe 50% or 60% or 70%. And then you work up to hundred percent, right? Get the body used to it before you hit that hundred percent. And then you know, there may come a point where you can actually push it and maybe go 110%, but you're always going to have to back off at some point. You, you know, you can't go, you, you can't go 10% harder than your body wants you to go all the time without something either bad happening or you're taking a bit of a break. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 100%. Now, how about sleep? Are you able to manage your sleep well and everything and keep that uh, on point? Yeah, I had some trouble with insomnia. I guess that would have been the second thing. Uh, now nah, it's not hundred percent better now. So the question is, is that because I got a lot going on in my world right now? And so I'm just having some trouble sleeping or is that because, um, uh, I, or is that because I'm so lean or is it a combination of things? Right. So I wouldn't say it's hundred percent better now and I'm in a calorie surplus. So that may not be shred related, but I did think it was possible, especially after, um, seeing, uh, Alex Leonidas's video there about uh, his shred, and he was talking about having issues with, with uh, uh, not being able to fall asleep and insomnia. So I thought, hmm, maybe, possibly, yeah. I have the same problem. I'm lean, <laughs> so maybe. That's that's the tough part. You see all these different experiences out there, and like some of them are awful from the guys who are getting really really lean. And I haven't really experienced any kind of negative side effect with being lean or cutting, but uh, again, a pretty smart approach to it all. And I don't, not overly aggressive or anything. And I don't think I've ever been too crazy lean. Like once you start getting seven, 6% body fat, then that's a whole different ball game where, yeah, I think libido and all other stuff, sleep and feeling cold all the time. I think that's when those types of things really come into the picture, but yeah, you start hearing things then you start thinking, Oh yeah, I'm feeling that too. But you got to realize it's, there's a lot of things going on lifestyle wise as well. Yeah. Yeah. A lot happening in life and you can't always, uh, nutrition plays a big role, but it's only one piece of your a person's whole life picture and puzzle. Right. So it, it, you don't want to under rank it, but you don't want to over rank it either. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's like sleep. You don't want to underrate it, but you, you want to over it. You can't spend all your time in bed either. You'd never get anything done. So exactly exactly well this has been awesome lawrence thanks and chief that's chief's digging the bell like this and that's end this podcast right now uh i appreciate you sharing your experiences here during that cutting phase really looking forward to getting you back on and talking about this muscle building phase which really has me excited i think that's the beauty of sharing our experiences and learning from each other um and again with us being so much on the same page of kind of staying lean throughout these muscle building processes. I'm, I am stoked to get you back on and, 
and learn more about your approach and then even more excited just to follow along with your, your progress throughout this year. So thanks a million. And again, for everyone watching uh, this podcast today, be sure to check out Fit and 50. Lawrence puts out some freaking awesome content. Sunday evenings is usually when it goes out. So <laughs> keep that trend going on. Uh, it's, it's, I always look forward to those videos and just quick, valuable content. Like, you just, it blows me away how I can never cram my content into such a, a small little, like five, six minute videos like you do. You just, you get right to the point, research-based, shared experiences. I freaking love it. So just keep putting out that incredible content uh, and uh, sharing your experience with everyone else. So everyone check out Fit and 50 on YouTube here. And um, Lawrence, I'm looking forward to talking to you again on the topic. Of awesome. Always great to talk to you, Scott. Looking forward to the next one.